I'm Christine Russo. It's great to meet you. Yeah, good to meet you too, Christine. Welcome to What Just Happened. What just happened? Yeah, it's not a question. <laughs> it's great to see you. And you have a lot going on, so we can get right into it. First, I'd be happy to let you do an introduction of yourself and your role at Coach. Yeah, so uh, I'm Giovanni Ali, the Global Visual Experience Coach. I've been now a coach for over 12 years, starting my career based in Hong Kong, managing VM for Asia Pacific, uh, and then moved into a global role about eight years ago. Uh, and since then, kind of been increased responsibility from VM to 3D Studio to events to runway, and most recently into digital experiences, which is all very exciting. I mean, everything is so connected, so it's kind of good to have one lead that kind of brings all the teams together. So, and yes, as you say, a lot going on. Uh, originally, I'm Italian from my long name and surname, but I know I have a little bit of an English accent as well. I did study branding at Oxford and then kind of moved around from there. But so pretty much of a global landscape and global background. The fact that you're investing so much in physical experience and different iterations of it is very interesting and obviously a joy for you in your role because it's a lot of creativity. Do you find that the philosophy behind it sidesteps the, the sort of, there's, there's definitely, it's an investment and the ex, you know, the expectation is that it's mm -hmm. going to drive revenue and drive brand awareness. A lot of brands get stuck in the, what's the ROI over what's good for the customer to experience the brand in a 360 way. Can you walk me through some of that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are no different than any of the other brands. I think there's a lot of due diligence that goes through in each activation. Uh, and I think we partner a lot from the creative side, from the New York office, but also like local expertise, you know, like all of those locations are found by the local teams, not by, you know, by us, but I think we make sure that it's the right opportunity. So, and also I think one of the things that's been helping with the ROI is also localization, right? So what can work, for example, in North America in terms of a format may be a little bit different than what we would do in China or in Japan. So just a curious example, like I know everybody has seen what we've done for Tabby this spring summer, we took over the world with Tabby pop-ups around the world. So in North America, we had a little bit of a smaller format, which was called Tabby on the Move where we were going, for example, to university campuses, while they're in Japan and China, where we know it's much more of a mall environment, we kept our traditional pop-up experience. So it's kind of like looking at maybe new formats, I think, they are going to help drive this. And in most cases, it's also rotating pop-ups. So another example is, for example, a holiday campaign that just launched. We are not developing new materials. We are using last year. So we are taking that no waste approach in mind. So even like on the move, for example, is the same pop-up that travels to 60 locations. So while it looks like it's a lot of, it's a lot of investment, we are really being smart about how we're doing it, uh, which also means planning ahead of time. Also means design differently, like modularity, for example, is really key to our design process right now. And we are using that for every design that we're doing. So whether it's something in China, Japan, so that we can keep using it and reusing it and really talking about the brand in a different way. So I think sometimes it's more about perception, but we do look at ROI in a big way. And we also do look at also like really, really even search. Like we have all, a lot of Gen Z that in the past did not even consider the brand, right? But now they're looking at us in, in college campuses in North America or in new areas, for example, in China, Japan, where we're opening up coach play locations. And now they're interested in the brand. And it's, it's really fascinating. And this is not just for Tabby, which is our number one bag, but also other accessories and lifestyle categories are becoming more important. So, so I guess it's a little bit of a different way to approach design. 
with modularity, repurpose, but also localization. They're gonna help. They're gonna help us kind of make that concept last much longer versus in the past, the concept maybe will last a month or two months. I mean, Tabby lasted over six months. And same with our Shine campaign, which is operating now. It's a six months campaign versus only two months. So so we are designing with a different approach, just to answer your question. So okay. very good. Actually, my, I have three Gen Z daughters and uh, they're obsessed with the brand. And I was obsessed with the brand in the 80s. So, you know, what comes around goes around, I guess. That's um, they, amazing. Yes. That's they have stuff. a lot of my old coach um, because, you know, they last a lifetime. I had one that got damaged and I like trucked over to when Lou was still there and brought it to the 34th Street office where they did repairs there. Um, oh, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I grew up around this, the New York City area, and that's where I'm based. So that's very interesting. I used to build, and, you know, that approach is, first of all, it's definitely much better for the environment, and it's much better for budgets. And also, I think that it's, you know, we the industry has come to a realization that it's okay to have longer activation. Six months is a perfectly fine amount of time for people to experience something or reach more people than a quick two-month installation so but the play stores really don't fall under that i'd like to hear a little bit more about that because there there's a permanence there so we have we are using the coach play location literally to play right like to test and learn a lot of new ideas as you know like we are experimenting a lot of new things and i think before we kind of do big rollouts we want to make sure it works so i'm using it really as a testing ground of new ideas whether it's physical experiences whether it's about new ways of merchandising whether it's about designing a store with Gen Z in mind, whether it's about a new music selection for the store, a new smell, a new way to operate a fitting room, for example, a new way to even bring events to life where are incredibly local, but we give the keys to the store manager, for example, instead of us dictated, which has never happened before. And we have seen incredible successes. I think our first two play stores, one was in Chicago. On Michigan Avenue, the second one was in Arajuku in Tokyo, and the third was in Singapore Shop House. All three locations are top in, in class, a coach. We've seen a success, you know, just in traffic, but also in length of stay. So people are staying in those coach play stores up to four to eight times longer, for example, because there's something for them to do, right? If you go into a traditional coach store, maybe it's more about the commerce, but in some of those locations, we also bring into life some of the coach codes, for example. So people get to know a little bit more about the brand. And again, it is working. So I think we're looking at really small rollout. I think we don't think this is going to, you know, this is not going to be like every single coach store is going to be a coach play store. It's not a new store design. It's really more of an experiment. We opened City Creek two weeks ago in Salt Lake City, which I think was by far the most local. It was designed with a group of Gen Z from the area in mind. We have a total new staff as well. It's not just about the design. It's also about the people that we put into the building. You know, the store manager of the building is a DJ, local DJ. She got together with us and planned the event with local catering, local musicians, local uh, craftsmen. So it is it is a lot of work as each store is quite unique. So when you put them all of them together, they feel the same. But when you look at the nuances and you go inside the store, they're a little bit different uh, because we're celebrating local artists, for example, or like local, just local creators. One of the things that they have in common is this idea that they're going to become a, a center of community. So versus just you putting bags on a shelf, the space is incredibly flexible to have 
whether it's workshop, whether it's events, whether it's congregating people for a talk, for example. And usually those center around a craftsmanship bar, which has become the heart of those coach play stores. So if you go into a coach store today, the craftsmanship bar is there, but in the coach play stores is the hub. And we have seen that people are actually congregating around it because everything wants to personalize things and everybody wants to be part of the one-off, right, situation. Yeah. So we have seen a huge success into that. Those stores also have a higher number of events uh, to kind of bring the community together. And again, this is all managed locally after the design is done with the, with the local store manager and regional manager as well. So, but when you look at them, all of them together, they feel the same, but there's a lot of local nuances. And we're going to continue to open three or four more this year. They're going to be very select. This is not like, is really more of a testing strategy for us. Why would you, wasn't there a, co a coach on Michigan Avenue, full-fledged big Megilla coach? Yeah, so that that the lease expired. Yeah, so while we look for a new location, this is the interim solve. In in most of the areas in Asia, for example, those stores have opened in places where there is no retail. Like for example, Singapore Shop House, it's not on the main street. In a street where there's a lot of like cute little coffee shops where all the young kids hang out, they go escape there. So we open a Singapore shop house and we actually seen the deal just open next to us. So we're studying a little bit of a trend. So it is really going to where the customers are. I think in the past we were going to malls, right? So when everybody was going to a mall, it's a little bit like what everybody's doing to the Hamptons, where a lot of people go there, but we didn't want to take that strategy because it's very seasonal, right? We wanted to approach more, like really going to where the customers are instead of them coming to us. In with Tabby on the move, like instead of the people from university coming to a coach store, we're going to university campuses. It's kind of like the same idea. And I think geography and location, it's so critical because they can see the brand without even wanting to see the brand. Because, you know, you actually appear in their, in, you know, where they live or where they spend their time. So Singapore, I think, is, gonna, is, is the best and it's a three-year investment. That's also our first location where we are first coach coffee shop which has been a huge success so i'm more to come on that are you building new regular stores like is that also happening yeah yeah 100 yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. bread and butter has not changed we are using uh, a kind of a constellation strategy when it comes to celebrity like you know some brands only have one celebrity i mean we have a cast of characters like you know they're all part of the coach family and depending on the campaign and the nuances you know they work with us but they're all part of the family in different ways okay i feel like with wisdom in the ad campaign and with Olivia Rodrigo wearing the mm -hmm. product that aligns with that. But I feel like the JLo piece does not. So would we see less of that? I mean, you know, JLo, JLo is reaching a different customer profile. So we're looking more for a, like a constellation approach. It's almost more like how beauty approaches it. Quite similar to that. Yeah. Which is fascinating. And actually to a degree, your play bar is a lot like a beauty bar. What you, you, so many people have actually uh, compared that craftsmanship bar to a beauty bar. Who uh, has? I thought I thought it up. Oh no, oh no. I thought right? I was... Even, even the way we are approaching the seating, for example, in the consultation is much more organic, much more flexible, much more humble. So you don't feel scared to touch. And as you know, coach is more of a, you know, like more of a democratic brand. And I think that's why the design is so different. Right. So then if you take that beauty blueprint, I mean, the sky's the limit because they have, I mean, it's right there. And the penetration and the engagement is so intense. What you could have and continue to grow and have 
it's it's quite interesting actually yeah and you know what it's you know i think you know some brands really look at competition a little bit different than what we're doing in the creative team here like we are not just looking at you know like luxury players you know we look at hospitality players we look at sports we look at gyms we look at all types of things we look at beauty we look at alcohol brands you know how they're approaching and i think actually coach play came out of that it's more about how do you bring people together how you gather community and again it's not just about putting a bag on a shelf which we know some of the luxury players do very well but it's about how you then bring that emotional connections into the stores and online as well so i think the beauty reference is perfect yeah very very interesting so let's let's chat about the sustainability piece my personal opinion is that coaches current wave in gen z is due to thrifting and you guys instead of just watching that happen you were like wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute that's our brand equity they like our product that's our heritage we can do this we can connect with these people mm -hmm. directly and we can create that same feeling with new product and or sustainably produced new product was there that aha moment where it's like wait what they're getting this in ways that don't include us and there was like task force team like bring it in bring it home how did it come about give me the yeah. truth this is yeah. the truth i don't want any bullshit no do you know what christina i think you know vintage has always been part of our brand as you know like even when i go around new york city and i'm not from new york like i used to see more vintage bags and the, the new bags right especially on the on the cool young kids so it was kind of an organic affiliation so we launched i believe five years ago something called tomorrow's vintage and that's like how we all started and that's when the second market kind of came into place we had pop-ups around the world with a huge takeover on Madison Avenue and still that now we no longer have because everything has moved to Fifth Avenue. And it was so successful. And I think that was the beginning somehow of a new chapter, right? How do we harness and how do we celebrate the history of our own products? So there is a team in-house and now works on that specifically. We have a few collaborators around the world. Believe it or not, there's a lot of fans around all the collect coach vintage bags. So we're actually working with the real people. Right. So we're creating a community. We're celebrating them and they're helping us bring those bags to life. We have, we actually have vintage bags in most of the coach play stores, for example. So they're unique, but there's not many of them as you're aware. They're pretty scarce. So we, you know, they are used in select locations, special events as well. We've also launched a program a few years ago called Coach Reloved, which is about basically bringing back your old bag and then we'll make a new for you with a customization approach. And that's also had huge, huge success. And of course, last but not least, uh, I'm sure you heard we've launched Coachtopia. Coachtopia launched less than a year ago. I cannot believe it's less than a year. We launched with a bespoke pop-up on suffrages in London and now is also in North America, in Japan. And we've just now opened our expo in China last weekend in Shanghai and we'll be launching around the world. So the approach there is basically incredibly circular. So instead of a designer designing the bag and then you go and buy the materials and then you make the bag, we're basically designing from scrap. So of course it's a sub-brand. Uh, again, it's a way to experiment. We're using it as a startup in the company, but the the feedback and the response has been overwhelming. Uh, and even some of the silhouettes of Coachtopia, if you think about the Ergo bag or the, the Dinky, they are archival bags. They're Bonnie Cashin archival bags. So it's kind of like reimagining 
the past, but with a new approach made for the new generation. And I think that's what's so, and of course it's so colorful. So it kind of makes it new and fresh already. So again, it's a very early stage. We're not even a year into this, but what's fascinating about Coach Top is the entire ecosystem is circular, not just the way the bags are made, but even the stores. So every single Coach Topia store is made from scrap. So even the rises, the tables is all made of Coach leather that we are reusing. Even the neons is made of like old stuff. And then each pop-up gets saved and moves around within the country. So for example, the one in Suffrages has been already used eight times. So again, it's an all new way of redesigning. Also the way it's assembled. So you can package in very differently. Think about the Ikea box or that kind of mentality. So it's kind of helped us think a little bit different. Again, a lot of the learnings from Coachtopia will transfer into the coach brand, but from a creative approach has been incredibly successful. I don't know if you've seen the holiday campaign from Coachtopia, we introduced a new mascot called Wasty with Lola. It's just been an absolute success. But again, just the beginning and can't wait to see what our customers feel like in the next few years about it. But it's so far a lot of lessons learned for us as a brand. In the 2010s, there was a big push, coach apparel. Big mm -hmm. push. It was like, okay, we are the handbag resource now. We're going to want to compete at the same volume and penetration as an apparel brand. And if you just look at the store design, it mm -hmm. was actually... Percentage-wise, I think it actually reduced the handbag space to give at least equal to apparel, if not more, because apparel takes more space than handbags. So the presence of apparel was quite a apparent. What's going on with that? Where do you guys, a lot, of, I feel like it's a very handbag yeah. conversation right now. Yeah. I mean, we continue to be, of course, a handbag company at the core, but, you know, as you know, since Joe Weavers joined the company, we are part of New York Fashion Week twice a year and we've also been we've done shows in Sha in Shanghai so and can't wait to go back internationally very soon again but the apparel business varies by region so we see that in the China market for example the penetration is way higher than the United States and the rest of the world so we're really pushing it where it works we're not forcing it so we feel in the US of course is going to complement the bag program the hangback program or the leather goods program in China, it's a little bit higher. And this is across women's I and mean, men's. Same with footwear. We also have a really strong footwear business, but again, it's not taking over the bag space. And we are really looking at spacing and zoning of stores literally on a seasonal basis to make sure that they can flex, uh, especially seasonally during the winter program versus the summer program. So there is an entire training that the VM team works on to make sure that the spaces are volatile enough so they can support the growth of the category. And this is also the same in outlet. We have much larger outlet stores, as you're aware, and the apparel in outlet is really, really strong as well, same as the forward business. So, so I would say it really varies by region, but also knowing now that our SKU count is lower than it used to be pre-pandemic, there's been a lot of reduction because some of our silhouettes are working so well because we have some really good hero bags like Tabby or Rogue, for example. We just said, you know, there was dedicated space for, you know, for ready to wear. So, but we're only doing it where it makes sense. It's not an old door strategy like some of the other European luxury brands. One of the things that the leadership at Coach talks about, we are a very strong omni-channel company. So the online business and, and the physical business is so connected. So the teams in and the teams in stores are so good at that some regions are getting better than others i mean think about it during even during the pandemic our china stores were closed but they were still making money through live streaming like 
that shows kind of like the impact that the sales associates have. Again, this has nothing to do with corporate, but uh, the regional team created special programs for this. But there is definitely an infrastructure in place where if you don't have it, you either know what's happening in another store close by, or you can even have them buy online at the, at the same time. But again, I would say we've had huge success in China with live streaming in a very big way during the pandemic. And now we're taking some of those learnings through a lot around the world. Because as you know, the people use technology in different ways around in different regions. But but absolutely, I think the Omni strategy is the success story. You, you've won my heart. I'm an Omni girl. I love the word. I think it means... Um, yeah. There's a big debate. It's not just a word. You know, I go to so many conferences and becomes just a little, it's like experience. It's like, there's so much more to the words. And actually, if you really do it well, you're really actually connected to the customer in, in, in a deeper level. So hopefully we covered other ground here. Maybe we did, maybe we didn't. Um, so it will go there and it will go on LinkedIn and, you know, most people engage there and on Spotify. Okay. And Apple podcast. In all the places you read, read your podcast. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Let's stay in touch for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, That's what this was a pleasure. Okay. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you so much. And Bye, you'll be Christine. tagged when it posts and you'll yes. know what to say. Bye. Have a great day, Giovanni. Ciao.